0: Chapter 16 To sum it up in one phrase, if men fail to smother genius in the mud, they fall on their knees and worship it. Honoré de Balzac, Father Goriot, 1835 That was the best I have ever seen! My professor's arms fly up for emphasis. It was completely tragical! Yes, I agree. Quite good. Final credits of Alfred Hitchcock's Dial M for Murder rise on the television screen before us. Babette sits beside me on the upstairs couch, and underneath thick spectacles, her magnified eyes shine. I squint at the incision that runs down her neck. Only two weeks old and with staples removed just days before, it leaves barely a trace. No! She exclaims. It wasn't quite good. It was an absolute vision of hell. We cannot experience such an event and think our lives will merely continue as though nothing happened. That would be inhuman. With a start, she leaps to her feet. We must celebrate. But where can we go? There must be some place to celebrate this late, even if only for dessert. She stamps black stockinged feet on the carpet. I glance at the wall clock as an amusing vision of bringing my professor to the Roxy downtown passes through my head. 11.30 already, not much is still open except Denny's. Babette exhales with a long hiss. She stares at me disapprovingly and shakes her head. <sighs> oh, dear Ross, I sometimes forget how very middle class you are. Once in the car, she directs me toward an upscale restaurant called Fiddlehead's nearby on Milwaukee Street that stays open until 1 a.m. We order chocolate chip ice cream and Black Forest cake in the elegant dining room. Babette sits across from me at a small round table, hands still trembling with delight. What a film. Hitchcock is an absolute master. There can be no comparison. I love these stories where people scheme against one another with perfect malice. You know, there is nothing more malignant than our human capacity for cruelty. I spoon up a bite of ice cream. It was splendidly done. The Praying Mantis was my favorite until now, but Hitchcock has it beat. Babette nibbles at her cake oh and there are still so many more i do love sharing my taste in cinema with someone appreciative it is a true joy spreading the art of chicanery and deception i laugh the restaurant is vacant but for us and one waiter who languidly wipes tables suddenly my professor slams her fork down do you know what is wrong with people she looks at me sharply i raise an eyebrow they have no passion for life I might as well be surrounded by upright cadavers. The plague exists in church, at school, almost everywhere. It affects my friends and colleagues, many students. Here she nods to me in deference. And it's an absolute catastrophe. People never show enthusiasm. Yes, much of what we encounter in life is uninspired. But that should make us all the more appreciative when a real genius is experienced. People love diminishing greatness. They will say Wagner didn't like Jews, so we shouldn't enjoy his symphonies, or Leni Riefenstahl filmed a Nazi rally, so her movies cannot be admired. Well, I put in, you can't just separate the personal and political from the creative. Everyone sees art differently, depending on who made it and what they believed. There was an exercise from one of my writing textbooks last week where one page reproduced a painting with no explanation. I turned it over and found the same image, but a caption that stated, Van Gogh's final work before his suicide. You couldn't view it the same way anymore. Babette cocks her head. That is quite true. But more importantly, I hope you can appreciate art without knowing its creator or particular curiosities surrounding it. I frown. We shouldn't just ignore the context behind everything. It's like with products for sale. I prefer ones made in a union shop. Consumer choices and everything else has ethical repercussions. For me, that comes into play, no matter if the subject is paintings, music, or groceries. My professor nods. I appreciate your perspective. But when I hear Beautiful Symphony, it doesn't matter if it was written by Anton Bruckner or Gustav Mahler. If it is performed well, I don't care if the first violinist kicked their dog or held some unpopular political views. The experience of genius makes all else irrelevant. It cannot be described, but only understood when you are in its presence as we were tonight. I don't know about Hitchcock's life, and I don't want to. It is enough we enjoy our time together when brief glimpses illustrate what people are capable of at their best i fork up a last piece of cake and push back the plate the sweet taste of chocolate fills my mouth well whoever made this dessert fits that category in my book no matter where it comes from genius inspires everyone toward greater achievements i just try my best that's about all someone like me can do babette pounds her fist on the table Balzac wrote of genius, but you do not know because you refuse to read him. How people tear down talent among them because it exposes their own mediocrity, but later worship it blindly when the human will triumphs. You must read Balzac. It torments me his books, sit unread. I shake my head in protest. Your library goes on forever, but never fear, Balzac is on my list. As soon as I finish Camus, you threaten torches of the Inquisition if I didn't read The Stranger. My professor smiles. So delighted. Tell me your thoughts afterward. The waiter coughs and stacks chairs against a far wall. I gesture toward the door. They're about to shut down. We should probably leave.